thank you for joining us for worship. Your face, your song, your presence is a primary way we know that Christ is here, that Christ is risen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. An African proverb says that if you want to go fast, go alone. But according to African wisdom, and I believe maybe wisdom that we can all share in today, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, then go together. Now the church, the organized body of Christ in its informal and its institutional expressions, the church can be so slow. And this can be for our good and for our... Sometimes the church is slow to do good. Sometimes the church is slow to stop bad. Sometimes the church is slow to include. Sometimes the church is even slow to change. Philip Gully suggests that the church is slow to look like Jesus. And yet there are aspects even of this slowness that I think we can celebrate. A counter-cultural ecclesiology, as Stanley Hauerwas would suggest. We live in a world that celebrates the fast, and a world that deeply values, if not demands, results. So if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And for better or for worse, unlike any other institution or expression of community that I'm aware of, 2,000 years later, church, here we are. And we've gone slow, but we've gone together. I came across these words when reading about John Claypool in February, and I was so excited to share these words with our congregation. They're the words of Dr. Ralph Wally, a mentor of sorts to our former pastor, John Claypool, really a front runner for many of the Baptist organizations and networks that we connect with. And he shared these words with the church Words that I've built up intentionally here, but words I don't believe will disappoint at all. Pastor Wally said, we agree to differ. We resolve to love. And we unite to serve. We agree to differ, we resolve to love, and we unite to serve. For if we do not agree, Wally continues, then we have no freedom. And if we do not resolve to love, then we have no Christianity. And if we do not unite to serve, 
then the world that God loves suffers. And I'd like to frame that just a little bit differently, maybe to the positive. We agree to differ, and in doing so, we celebrate our sole competency as a congregation and as individuals. We celebrate one another's freedom and our ability to agree to differ. We resolve to love, proclaiming to the world our Christianity. And we unite to serve, to partner with the work of God, such that the world God loves will be blessed. And so here we are, all those years later, going together, a going together with one another and a going together with the Spirit such that the world God loves would be blessed. I'm told of a, a farmer who grows world-class corn. Contextually speaking, this sermon illustration would be much better if it were about cotton. Uh, this world-class uh, 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 farmer was celebrated uh, for his corn and drew the attention of researchers and reporters alike. And as researchers and reporters began to investigate, how was it that this farmer was able to produce uh, corn with, uh, with, with such things that people desire in corn? And they began to investigate the neighbors around this farmer Neighbors that uh, researchers and reporters thought would be a competition to this world-class farmer. And what these researchers and reporters found was that this farmer, who grew world-class corn, shared his seed, shared his strategy, shared his style of farming with all of his neighbors, to the surprise and the delight of reporters and researchers alike. And so they approached this farmer. Why, why is it, why would you share your corn seed, your strategy, your style of farming with your neighbors? And the farmer simply answered, the wind blows. And the wind blows across their farm. And it blows across my farm. And if I am to grow good corn, I must ensure that my neighbors are growing good corn as well. Here we are, all those years later, going together, a going together with one another and a going together with the Holy Spirit of God such that the world God loves would be blessed our lectionary scriptures this morning, all of them indicate that the inbreaking of God's reality, which we call uh, the Spirit, in each of these instances, the inbreaking of God's reality, the Spirit arrives amongst people. Plural. The Spirit is for people, with people, actively blessing people. Oh, how God loves you. Yes, God loves you. And God was, God is, and God will always be, I believe, blessing not just you, but people. And it is for this reason 
despite all the brokenness, despite all the slowness of the bride of Christ that we call church, it is because of this consistency of God to bless people I still believe in the church. Friends I love, members of my family, countless neighbors and others, I'm sure the list grows for you as well, have all left the church. And many of them have left with have left with good reason. You see, I I believe I I experienced the Holy Spirit of God some mornings on my back patio without shoes before the children awake as the sun rises and the birds beckon in a new morning. And I experienced the Spirit of God that way, and I imagine several of you experienced the Spirit of God that way. I experienced the Spirit of God at times through the expression of my family or or through an experience on on a team. And and I imagine that you experience the Spirit of God in in these varietals as well. It can be possible to experience uh, the Spirit of God through these uh, other organizations. I experience the Spirit of God in unique ways, unlike any other way that you've ever experienced the Spirit of God, and you experience the Spirit of God in unique ways, unlike anyone else ever will ever experience the Spirit of God. And these are all good. And for each of these encounters, we give thanks to God. But it seems to me, although these are good, it seems to me that there is something very good about the broken slow body of Christ we call church. (laughs) We are here today all those years later because a going together, a going with one another and a going with the Spirit such that the world God loves will be blessed. And Thomas Merton, a theologian, monk, Kentuckian, tells the story of a young monk, a brother in the monastery, struggling with anger. At each turn and encounter with brothers and sisters in faith in the monastery and in the community at large, continue to experience an inability to express his anger in a healthy way. And because of these continued struggles in the community, uh, this one uh, monk decides, I I will leave. I'll become a hermit. Uh, There is a cave out on the property, and I will will live in this cave alone such that I will not continue to struggle uh, with my anger. And don't you know, there in the cave, he he had set this jar of water. And somehow, though no one else there that jar of water spilled over and he became angry. 
giving it his best effort to learn and to grow. He, he took that jar of water and he went and he filled it back up with water and he, and he put it right back there in the cave and wouldn't you know, <laughs> that jar of water spilled over again even though not a soul was in this cave and he again had this experience with anger. And because this is a preacher's story, he did it again. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit of God whispered to him, it was not your brother and your sister in the monastery who made you angry. It was not your brother or your sister in the community who made you angry. It was your brother and your sister who encouraged you in Christ despite your anger. <laughs> and so he moved back to the monastery into fellowship and communion with brother and sister and church. And was this young monk healed instantaneously, miraculously of his uh, unhealthy expressions of anger? Was this young monk ever fully healed of these unhealthy expressions of anger? Probably not. But ever so slowly... Through the gift of brother and sister, through the expression of relationship, this young monk was encouraged just a nudge a day to receive more of the presence of Christ deep within and to let go, if ever so slowly, of his desire to be angry. You see, we are here all these years later going together a going together with one another and a going together with the Holy Spirit of God such that the world God loves will be blessed. Henry Nouwen, a distinguished, celebrated, late Catholic priest, described the church this way. The church is not a talent show. The church is not a talent show in which we dazzle the world with our combined gifts. The church is the place where our poverty is acknowledged and accepted. Not as something we have to learn to cope with as best as we can, but as a true source of new life. The living church challenges us to come together at the place of our poverty, believing that there we can revel in our richness. <laughs> Now and continues, that is what our life and community is really about. Each of us is but a stone. Together we reveal the face of God to the world. Not one person can say, I make God visible. But others who see us together can say, they, they make God visible. Now and concludes, the church is where humility and glory touch. <laughs> what an honor, a gift, a joy. It is to be in, in such community with you that humility and glory might touch. I'd like to conclude with a story about now and that inspires me. 
As you may know, he was a celebrated academician. He was a scholar with tenures in Ivy League institutions in this country and eventually, of course, the great Catholic institution at Notre Dame. And yet later in his life, he received a call, a commissioning to go and to, to be the priest in the Laarche communities, a, a, a community that was, was organized around individuals who experience all sorts of, of, of limitations due to physical limitations and, and other health risks. And so this celebrated priest and scholar went to serve in this very humble community. And even though he had made this sort of a shift in his vocation and in his path, the demands on now and by the academy to, to come back and, and to speak at these religious and, 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 and academic events continued. And such demands and requests became uh, too much on his personal schedule. He could not filter. He could not possibly uh, work through all the requests he had each and every week as to which event he should go and speak at and which he, he shouldn't and still uh, properly invest in his, his pastoral uh, priestly role uh, there in the unique community. And so he, he developed a team of volunteers there at Layark. He has a group of volunteers, a group of residents, if they would screen his mail. All these requests that came from various institutions throughout the world, particularly North America, that were requesting Nouns' presence, his wisdom, his teaching. He asked this small group of residents if they would take over his calendar and say yes and say no and tell him where to go and tell him when to come home. And, and it all went somewhat well for a time until he, 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 began to, he began to realize that some of the more prestigious academic and, and religious sort of uh, convocations at, at, at some of these uh, bigger name institutions that he had grown accustomed to being invited to, he wasn't going to anymore. And after a season of these, uh, it came and went, and he didn't go to Harvard, and he didn't go to Princeton, and he didn't go to Notre Dame. He went to his team and asked, um, you know, I really appreciate all, all, all the time and energy and, and, and wisdom that you all are, 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 are helping me with and, and doing in, in this regard. And, but I just had, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little interested. Last month, there was, there was this event at Notre Dame, and, and, and I've been the plenary address giver in the past at such an event, and, and, and you all didn't send me there. And then, and then the month before that, there, there was an event at Princeton Seminary, a place that I had grown to love, and, and, and I had spoken there at this event many times before, and I'm certain I was invited back, and you all didn't send me to that event at Princeton Seminary. But instead, earlier in the week, you sent me to Central Michigan, which will cause a person to believe in purgatory if you don't already. And I was just wondering why you, why you sent me to this no-name institution, more or less, in the middle of nowhere, and, and said no to these prestigious invitations. And a member of the team said, Father Nowlin, the event at Notre Dame was on a Friday. The event at Princeton the month before was on a Wednesday. The event at Central Michigan was on a Monday. And as you well know, Father Nowen, Wednesdays is that's spaghetti night for our community. 
And we make, a, we make a mess on spaghetti night. It's so fun. Everyone loves the spaghetti. And we need all hands on deck to help clean up after spaghetti night. And you see, on, on a Friday, well, that's bingo night. And I've lived here a long time, Father Now, and you are the best priest we've ever had here who sticks his hand in the little cage, pulls out the ball, and calls out the bingo number. Everyone agrees you are the best bingo number caller-outer we've ever had. But on, on Monday, we don't, we don't have anything for you to miss. So we were happy for you to go to Central Michigan And we are here all these years later because of a going together. A going together with one another and a going together with the Holy Spirit of God such that the world God loves would be blessed. Good and gracious God, hear these, our prayers. We offer them to you asking for your wisdom in the name of the Creator Christ and Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Amen.